0: church and different uh, subjects, and many of them are are telling about the life of a mortar in the church. And they're very good, very well done. So I'd like for you to pick them up if you will, please. We talked about Romans chapter 10, verse 9 this morning. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that's a precious promise, thou shalt be saved. And so tonight we'll go to another scripture and show the evidences of believing with the heart. What are some of the things that are evidences of believing with the heart? Let's let's read in the book of Proverbs chapter seventeen. And verse 17. A friend loveth at all times. He doesn't love today and then not love tomorrow. He loves at all times if he's a friend. And I found this out. A man doesn't have very many friends. Because a friend is one that loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. When you have adversity, that friend, that brother is close at hand to help you out. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17... We have these words, 1 Corinthians 10, 17. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. We're many believers, but we're all kinds of believers. Jew, Gentile, male, female, old, young, rich, poor, etc. Well, what are we saying? There's just one body. And that's what the Lord said there there's one body. We, being many, are one bread and one body. The church which our Lord Jesus purchased with his own blood and which he loved is for sure one body. And if a person is not in this one body, no matter how hard he tries, he cannot find an interest in it. It just doesn't interest him at all. He can join a church, but he can't join the body. A lot of people join churches, but they're not joined to the body of Christ. This is one body in regards to saints above and saints below. We're all one body, those who have already gone, and those of us who are still here, we're all one body. And we'll be one body throughout eternity. All one body. And if what we read in Romans chapter 10 is true of us, we are members of that one body. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so you are a member of, of that one body in Christ Jesus because you love Him. We're members one of another, one body in Christ Jesus. We're the family of God in the world. Can you get a hold of that? You're the family of God in the world. And as members of one another, as one body in Christ, we have certain privileges and responsibilities toward one another. Whether you know it or not, you have certain responsibilities toward your family members which are here. These uh, responsibilities, privileges are mentioned in, look at Romans 12 and verse 10, would you please? Romans 12, verse 10. Here it is, be kindly affectioned one to another. I like that, don't you? Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, now look at this, preferring one another. In other words, you would prefer that your brother or your sister would have something good instead of you having it. Preferring one another. I prefer good things for you. And all of this has to do with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I read about a man, old man was walking to work, and he got to thinking about the scripture. And he thought about the question that the Lord asked Peter. He said, Simon, lovest thou me? And that old man got to thinking about that. And he wished with all his heart that he could answer the same way Peter did. He could not, and so this thought came. And he said this, he said, Lord, thou knowest that I do not love thee. Peter said, thou knowest that I love thee. And this old man said, thou knowest I do not love thee. And he found some comfort in an honest confession. But as he walked along he began to talk again. He said, Lord, thou knowest that I want to love thee. And he began to think of Christ's love perhaps for him. The Lord loved him. He thought of Christ's life and death as the substitute for sinners and he, he just kept walking along and the first thing he knew the words came out of his mouth, Lord, thou knowest that I do love thee. And he did. At that moment, he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to love the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you? I want to love Him. And I find this, that if if Romans 10 and 9 is true of me, then I do love Him. Confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, where do you believe? You believe in the heart. You believe in the heart. Now this is a heart thing. This is not a This is not uh, just everyday thing. This is a heart thing, the heart. Whatever the heart is, the heart is you. It's not that thing that pumps blood, but your heart is you. And when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about you. And the heart of Christ, talking about Christ. So we're members one of another, one body in Christ Jesus because we have believed in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And we believe all there is to know that we've heard about him. And as members of one another, as one body in Christ, I said we have certain privileges and we have certain responsibilities toward one another and we will fulfill our responsibilities toward one another if we have confessed with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we have believed in our heart then we will fulfill these responsibilities and that is the proof and the evidence that you have believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you fulfill your responsibilities to your family members. You see, love is not just a sentimental emotion. It's not just a passion. It's an affection of the heart that is seen in all the actions of life. If you love, it will get out on you. It will be seen in all the actions of life, and you will prove what you are by what you do. We read Romans 12.10, and Paul told us there to be kindly Affection toward one another with brotherly love. Now that's not just uh, not just something to be said. That is, that's a strong thing. That kindly affection to one another with brotherly love proves that I have confessed with my mouth, the Lord Jesus. And believe that God has raised him from the dead. And if I don't show forth kindly affections. Toward members of my family on this earth. Then I do not have. That brotherly love. That is talked about in the Bible. Love causes men and women to prefer the comfort and the well-being and the pleasure of its object to its own comfort, well-being, and pleasure, that doesn't make any difference. It, it is that members of the family might enjoy well-being and pleasure Love always, here's a good saying now, love always defers to its object. And I fear we know little about this definition of love. I'm afraid I know very little about this. And I'm sad about that because I want to know What is love? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. What is love? Love, first of all, is the evidence of life and faith in Christ. That's what love is, the evidence of life and faith in Christ. 1 John 3.14 1 John 3 and verse 14 We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Love is the evidence of life and faith in Christ. Because if that love is not present, then you're abiding in death, you see. You're not alive. You're dead in sin. And this love at all is at all times, never goes away, and it is, especially in times of adversity, when our brother or our sister is in the deep well of hard affliction, whether physical are mental or emotional run to the rescue and all who have faith in Christ love Christ and love his people and an absence of this I'll call it preferring love that's what it is preferring love says I'm not born of God, if that's absent, if you don't prefer the best for the other members of the family and less for yourself, well, I tell you what, I don't know whether I've ever even experienced this or not. I'm really serious about that, that I would want you to have the best while I take the second best or take nothing at all. But that's what love is, according to the Bible. An absence of this preferring love says I'm not born of God. The fruit of the Spirit, first and foremost, according to Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is first love. Love, joy, peace, and all the other nine of uh, the all nine of the fruit of the spirit. But the first is love. And if you don't love, you don't have any of the other fruits of the spirit. Love. You love these people sitting around here in this auditorium. This is not some love way off up yonder somewhere. This is, this is right here. You see this little band of people here? This is what God has brought together. And we are to love one another to the extent that I'll give you my best thing And I'll take second best. That's what it's all about. I I don't know whether I understand that at all or not, but I think that's what this book teaches. Love is the evidence of life and faith in the Lord Jesus. if If you have believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and confessed Him with your mouth, then you have this kind of love. And if you don't have it, you never have done what Romans 10 and 9 says. Hmm. What is love? How can I know what love is? We have to look at it and find out. What is love? Well, love is what our Master taught us by His own example. He didn't just say do it, He showed us how to do it. How to do it. John 13, verse 12. John 13, and verse 12. So after he had washed their feet had taken his garments and was set down again he said unto them you know what I've done to you? You call me master and lord and you say well for so I am if I then your lord and master have washed your feet you ought also to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Isn't that something? The Lord, the God of all creation, bending down and washing the feet of men. That's beyond anything I can think about. But he said, you see what I've done? You do the same thing to one another. See, that's how deep this love is. You do it now. Not literal feet washing, but everything that you can do for another one in the church, in the family of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. How do we perceive the love of God? Because He laid down His life for us. You see that? He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Oh, this is that that love that He's talking, this preferring love. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? How on earth can you claim the love of God's in you if you won't give of what you have to a brother that needs? My little children, let us not love in word. Don't just say, oh, I love you. Don't uh, say, uh, neither in tongue, but do it in deed and in truth. indeed in deed and truth. If you're going to love, love preferring one another. So the first definition of love is this love serves. Love serves. Our Lord Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Why did He do that? They needed washing. They walked in sandals in that dusty country and their feet would get dirty. And His disciples' feet were dirty and they needed washing. And He did that because they needed it and because it was comforting and refreshing to them. Because he loved them. He wanted them to feel better. And you, when you have a need, some one of us ought to rush to take care of it. Love serves, and secondly, love sacrifices sacrifices. The Son of God laid down His life for us because He loved us. And if we love one another, we will both serve one another and we will both sacrifice our lives one for another. That's what it's all about. Hmm. See, I never did really realize what this what this is all about. And I've talked about these things over the years, but I never have really seen till now what it's all about. Hmm. And then love is this. Love is the law that governs Christ's kingdom. We use that word law. Love is the law that governs Christ's kingdom. I'll show you what I mean, John 13. John 13 again, verse 34. Here's a new commandment. The Lord said a new commandment. This is this is my law now. This is a commandment. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. I'm not suggesting that you do that. I'm commanding you to love one another. As I have loved you, same way I loved you, you also love one another. And verse 35, By this, if you do this, shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. That's how they're going to know you're my disciple. They see you serving one another and sacrificing for one another. And they'll say there's something going on here that we don't know about. These people really love one another. First John chapter three, verse twenty-three. 1 John three, verse twenty-three. We're talking about here now that love is the law that governs Christ's kingdom. Uh, first, uh, first John three. Verse 23, this is His commandment. What what is He commanding? That we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. You see that? That's His commandment. He's not suggesting that you believe on the name of His Son. He's telling you to do that. And if you do not do it, it will be the greatest loss you ever knew anything about. And then the rest of the verse here. And I'm commanding you to do this. Love one another as He gave us commandment. <laughs> bye, my, Love one another as He gave us commandment. So you and I, our relationship to one another in the body of Christ, Obliges us. Commands us to love one another. Now we are fellow citizens. (laughs) I like that, fellow citizens. We are members of one another. My arms are your arms and your eyes are my eyes. And we are members one of another. We're one family. We are a brotherhood of believers. And th- therefore, I don't give you any, any laws. The Lord gave you the law here. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. That's His law. I don't give you any laws. I don't give you any rules of life. You live like you want to before the Lord. And I'll do the same. And if we know Him, and if we have confessed Him to be our Lord and Savior, then you don't need any law, you don't need any rule of life, I'm gonna give you one commandment here right now, and I want you to keep it. Can you keep one commandment? I'm gonna give it to you. First Peter two seventeen. Here's a commandment. And I want you to keep this one. 1 Peter two verse seventeen. 1 Peter 2, 17, if I can find it. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's in my Bible, too. It says, Honor all men. Now, here's your commandment. Love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. And I want to give you that commandment. The only commandment I ever will lay on you is to love the brotherhood. And if you love the brotherhood, everything else is going to go fine. But if you don't, everything will go bad. If we love one another, we will do right by one another. Now God rules the world by law. Why does He have to do that? Because the world is full of rebels and rebels must have law. So God rules the world by law. 1 Timothy 1 verse 9. This is how God rules the world. 1 Timothy 1 And verse 9, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers for liars for perjured persons and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine the law, god says that's what the law the law is for an unrighteous man verse 9 all of these things i want the that's who the law is for the law's not for you And the only thing I want to tell you to do is love the brotherhood. If you love the brotherhood, you're going to love even me. I'm part of the brotherhood. That's right, I am. You are too. So I'm to love the brotherhood. And if you don't love the brotherhood, Romans 10:9 has never been applied to your life. Love the brotherhood. God rules his own house by love, by love, and he makes no other requirement of his children. This is our master's commandment. May he give us grace to obey it when he said, Love one another. That means you won't talk about each other. That means you won't criticize each other. That means that everything you say will be for the good of the person you're saying it about. And you always look upon them with the highest regard. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Now, I think it's a tragedy that the world seems to have more of an idea of preferring one another than the professing church does. Even the mafia, that organization of wild lunatics, it's known as family. Uh, You don't bother the family I wonder why we can't say, you don't bother the family. No, you don't do that. And they will serve and sacrifice for the welfare of a family member and that's what we ought to do. Perhaps before the Lord winds this whole thing up, this will be implanted in the hearts of His people and somewhere, somewhere, There will be a congregation of God's people that is a oneness somewhere before he comes. May there be one congregation of God's people that's just a oneness, one person, not not a whole lot of people, just one with the same mind, the same goals, the same love, one for another. A friend loveth at all times. And a, a brother is born for adversity. When you have trouble, brother going to be there. If he's a brother or a sister will be there. When I say brother, I mean sister also. You sister and have something to do with this. <laughs> sister, that's not a good word, is it? No, that's what you put water in. Let's just say, sisters. We love the sisters in this congregation. And if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have a congregation. You're wonderful. We love you. We love these young people down here. Sometimes we may act like we don't, but we always love these young people, they're precious in our sight there's one thing that never never fails love never fails I read these little stories I read about a a boy in an orphanage and he was a thief he couldn't keep from stealing things and the superintendent reasoned with him No avail. He just kept stealing. And then they tried several different kinds of discipline. That didn't help any. He just kept stealing. And the superintendent said perhaps he takes things because of the lack of love in his family where he was. And he said we'll show him love on every hand. And they did. And in just a short time, that boy no longer took anything that belonged to anybody else. Love never fails. Love never fails. Amen. And if you're in Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And if you're in that, you're in all of this that I've talked about tonight. May God help you and may God bless us all to have that one church as one. We'll move in that direction. All right, let's stand for prayer. Lord, we're so grateful. Thank you for... These good words, I pray, Lord, we'll be able to live the way we talk. Lord, that you, the Blessed Spirit of God, would give us the grace and the strength and the power to love one another and to prefer one another to ourselves. Help us to do it, dear Lord. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, for his sake. Amen. The Lord bless thee.